Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. We're doing a, 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 a little series on heart therapy. Here's our text scripture, and then we'll pray. Text scripture is Proverbs 18.1. This is out of the Amplified Classic. The strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble, but a weak and broken spirit, who can raise up or bear? How many of you, when you came tonight, you believe you'll get something that'll help you in your life? Are you ready? Well, well then let's, let's pray and believe right along those lines. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. It's a time we've dedicated to you. We dedicate this time. We worship you. Father, we come in your presence and we trust you as we're to receive wisdom from your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, who is the teacher who can enlighten us and just bring things into our hearts that we have never seen before. So tonight we ask you for that. We believe we'll receive something good from you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. We, talk, we begin to talk last week about the fact is a lot of the ills that are, that are facing us are a function of not being strong spiritually. And we begin to throw out the idea, and, I, and I, I need to reiterate it because it's important. It doesn't matter what your background is or where you've been or what's happening in your life. You can become strong spiritually. It is available to you. Spiritual strength is not like physical height. You know, some people are, are they're, they're tall, some are short. That's all... That's all a function of genetics. I mean, I wanted to be taller, but you know, you can't just will yourself into being taller. I played basketball, so I could have used about six inches. Never happened. But th that's, that's something, that's a, that's a fixed thing. Some people say, well, you know, physical strength is, is fixed. To a certain extent it is. Do you know spiritual strength is not? It is unlimited. And you can be strong spiritually. And everyone can be strong. Well, you know, Alan, I, I just never have, I've always been a weak person. Well, well let's don't believe for that. Let, let's believe you can be strong. And, and that kind of opens up things. And so we talked about some things that will help us. You know, if you're strong, it'll even help you when you're, when you're sick in bodily pain or trouble. You're stronger in your spirit. You're able to be sustained. But here's some things that, and, and you have a design, and I've called this heart therapy, and it's found in Proverbs, the fourth chapter. Now, this is, this is instructional. It says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For their life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Let me recap just a little bit for those of you who are not here. And we talked about that God's word has to be a priority. So my son, attend to my word. Jesus emphasized the importance of God's word said that man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Again, to God's word is likened spiritual food. Peter talks about desire the sincere milk of the word, word that you may grow thereby. And so we begin to discuss the idea that really spiritual strength, you, you've got to have God's word as the basis if you want to be spiritually stronger. In other words, you can come and sit in church and listen, and that will help you. You can watch online, that will help you, but you're going to still have to spend some time taking God's word for yourself. And I, we've got Bible 365. I'm, you, you know, Alan, 
Say, Alan, you're always on this. Why are you always on this? Because I want you to be stronger. Because I cannot guarantee you. I would love to be able to pray and pray that you would have no problems, that 2023 we would have no problems and no challenges, that 2023 is just a wonderful year, and I could get everybody hyped up about that, and that would be a lie. Because the bottom line is we live in a world where there's a curse and there's a devil and we have nasty people and we just stuff. And so stuff will happen this year. I can't stop that. But if I can help you get stronger, your ability to handle stuff will be better. And so the idea is if you know you're going to deal, no one likes to think about I'm going to deal with stuff. And if you're thinking right now, you know, Alan, everything is good right now in my life. Stuff won't happen to me. Stuff happens. And, and so the idea is you want to stay, the idea is to stay ahead of the game, not play catch up. So I'm talking to Wednesday night people, people who have a heart for wisdom. Amen. Y'all did better that time. That was good. <laughs> you have a heart for wisdom. And so one of the, one of the keys, the wisdom we're going to find, God's wisdom is found in his word. So we have to be intentional about paying close attention. You know, if I came in here tonight and told you, I said, hey, there's been an accident on 45 and all the freeways are backed up, but there's a back way out of here and this will get you home quicker, all of you would be like, tell me how I can get home quicker. You would be paying close attention because you would feel like that's valuable information. The challenge is sometimes you sit and listen to a message or you can take God's word and you can almost read it with the idea of, okay, I need to read my chapter. I'm going to read, read my chapter. But listen, you're, you're, you're doing good for yourself. You're, you're feeding yourself. You're putting God's word into you. You're putting God's wisdom, wisdom into you. And sometimes, you ever notice, there'll be a scripture that comes up to you. You weren't even thinking about it. But the Holy Spirit can take that word that you read and bring it back to your attention. And you can be dealing with something and here's a scripture for the day or a scripture that comes up maybe to share with somebody in your life. That's oftentimes how I found the Lord to give me a scripture for somebody. And that scripture is God's wisdom for them. And so we were intentional. We listened to it. Here, here's something I may have touched on it last week, but I think it's important. What we give to God's word is what we receive from it. Mark chapter 4, verse 24. This is Jesus talking. He said to them, take heed what you hear. But the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. Remember we said when we did the, the, the stewardship, wisdom says, I love those who love me. Well, God's word, Jesus is saying, if you give a measure, whatever you give to God's word, you're going to get out of it. So in other words, you say, you know what, I'm, I'm, going to, I'm, I'm committing this year. Alan, I'm going to read my Bible 365 this year. I think that's a great goal. I think it's the one, it really won't take you that long. It really, what it is, is we have to discipline ourselves to simply say, I'm going to focus on this and do it. Because it requires focus and it requires discipline. And I can tell you, reading the Bible is not as easy as watching YouTube. <laughs> you ever know sometimes when, you're, when your mind is just, you're, or you come home in the evening, this is why I encourage, okay, how many of you morning people? I didn't even talk to you night people yet. I'm just talking to them. I'm, talk, I'm, talking, I'm talking to the morning people. You're morning people. Here's the advantage of morning people. And by the way, Jesus got up early. Just say it. But 
one of the advantages I, I have found in the morning is in the morning, my mind is not as busy. And I don't have a million. Now, how would, you know? how would I know? <laughs> Trust me, my mind is not as busy. Okay. Oh, you're somebody else. All right. Uh, the idea, though, is it, it requires focus. Now, I can tell you, sometimes I go home after, after a day here, and you're like, oh, but Alan, you're a pastor. Your days are filled with bliss and joy. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. In fact, Philip Moore and I, Philip is our executive pastor who's, who actually in March will be with us 20 years, and, which, is, which is wonderful. Justin celebrating what? You and Justin are celebrating what? 15? 15. Also in March. See what a wonderful guy I am to work for. But anyway, Philip and I, one of our favorite verses is in Proverbs, I believe it's 14, 4. It says, where there is no oxen, the stall is clean. But much increase comes from, from the produce of an ox. And every now and then, Philip and I will look at it one and he'll, he'll go, we were shoveling today. <laughs> Ever had a shovel day? You're like, ooh, man. But the idea is sometimes I can go home and my mind is busy. And it seems like there's a million and one things. You know, it's harder for me to pick up my Bible and read them. Now, okay, how about you night people? Where are you night people? Yeah, you can tell they're night people. They're like, woo, it, it's nighttime. <laughs> well, you, woo, nighttime people. I, I'm assuming that at night, you're still, you have a high energy level. You're still awake. And, uh, but you'll find that after everybody else goes to bed, it's the best time to read when, when, the, when things die down. Why? Because the Bible requires focus. But if you can begin to focus and discipline yourself to do it, It'll put something in you. Now, there have been times I have read a chapter and, and closed it and said, I can't remember a single thing I just read. I know I'm the only one. Just indulge me just for a moment. <laughs> but what I also will do is I'll, a lot of times I'll go back and read the same chapter again. It will not kill you. You can, you can read Bible 365 like you can read the same chapter multiple times. But I've found I can go back and read it again, read it again. And I tell you, if you're in a place where you can read it out loud, that will help you. Because one, you're hearing it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by God's word. Two, you also helps you focus. Now, that wasn't in my notes, but maybe that's, that's helpful for folks. And uh, I, used to, I used to tell people and, and when, when, when we started the church, I would tell them, well, this is in the Old Testament. This is, and I would have people laugh. Listen, people are coming in. They're new all the time. They don't know how to read the Bible. I didn't know how to read. And we didn't have screens when I first started. Back in the day, we had to, we, we, you know, and the pastor would say, turn to Ephesians. And I'm looking in the table of contents for, for Ephesians. And then I called, I think I did call, I did not call Psalms Pislums, but I had friends that did. Read them pislums. Yeah, them pislums are good. <laughs> but, you know, if you're new and, and the reading the Bible is new to you, hey, no, no big deal. This is not win-lose. This is we learn and we gain knowledge and, we, and after a while, you, you're going you're to know it. That's why I do suggest, I do suggest having a Bible, physical Bible that you can read. Here's why. 
Because sometimes you know where it is on the page, but you don't know the scripture reference. And so you can go out or you can write little notes in there and nothing notifies you when you're reading a Bible like that. Nothing pops up and goes, tacos at two. <laughs> and you go, oh, tacos, huh? And squirrel, we're off. All right. Here's, here's that second part of this. So we talked about God's word and how important that is. Um, in verse 21 of this verse in Proverbs, it says, do not let them, talking about, we're going to use God's word here, depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart for their life to those that find them. So this next, and I'll introduce it tonight, and we'll, we'll go into it a little bit. The next thing is connecting God's word to your vision. Connecting God's word to your vision. When he said, don't let the word depart from your eyes, he's not obviously talking about a literal keeping God's word in front of you. Although in, in some Jewish traditions, they actually used to roll up little scriptures and they would uh, strap them around their, around their head and they would be between their, between their eyes, not letting it depart from the eyes. You, you can strap the whole Bible to your head, it's not going to help you. But that was, that was, that was, that was the, that was the, you, you love that delayed reaction. Like I got it. I got, I got it. Like, the, um, so here's the deal. So for how are we going to keep God's word uh, in front of us? Here's the deal. That we, that we begin to see ourselves in the light of God's word. Not letting God's word depart from your eyes. We begin to see ourselves in the light of God's word. Romans 8, 6 says, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And when I say see ourselves, uh, uh, this, is a, this is an area where I don't know that we've talked about it enough, but it really helps. Because you have formed an image of yourself, of who you are. Oftentimes it's been formed from past experience, what other people have said, uh, certain victories or, or failures in your life. And, and you have formed an image there. One of the challenges I find in, in, in talking with people is many people don't feel like that spiritually they have what it takes. That maybe their favorite preacher, maybe they have something, or people they know they're like Christian celebrities, but not them. And so the challenge with that is you begin to limit yourself in terms of what God can do in you. And how you see yourself is important. I know that, <clears throat> excuse me, many of the people that we, that listen to us, people that come, uh, some of them deal with addictions. One of the biggest challenges with addictions is people who see themselves as unable to get out of addiction. As they see themselves as, well, you hear them say things like, I just have an addictive personality. And, and they will limit themselves in saying, this is who I am. But if you, if you really stop and begin to analyze it, so many of us have different things that we have limited ourselves because this is how we see ourselves. Every, I've, seen, I've seen people who would go from one abusive relationship to another because they don't see themselves as being worthy of having someone who will treat them well. How you see yourself is really important. You know, there are some uh, businessmen who have started businesses, failed, lost everything, built it back up, made millions again, lost that, built it back up, and, and they won't stay down. 
they see themselves as someone who is successful and their ability to do it well. Now this is something where maybe we haven't understood when I'm encouraging you to read God's word, it, it's not just so you can do a duty. It's not so you can just say, you know, Lord, I read your word. It's so you can begin to get a vision of what God is saying to you. And even more than that, a vision of who he says you are. <clears throat> Excuse me. The, um, for example, let, let, let's look at this. Ephesians, second chapter. For we, talking about those of us in Christ, are his worksmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are his worksmanship. When you were born again, God recreated you and you are his worksmanship. That word in some translations means his masterpiece. That he made you and his, you look really good in him. And you were created for good works. You weren't created to fail. You weren't created to live depressed. You weren't created to live just tormented. You weren't created to live just constantly dominated by the flesh where you just can't seem to break out of anything. You were created for good works. Amen. If Jesus sat in your kitchen table in the same conversation and you just looked at him and said, Jesus, I'm, I'm just such a mess. I'm, I'm just messed up and I love you, but I'm, I'm, I'm messed up. He's not going to agree with you. He's going to look at you and say, my child, I have made you my, cre you're a new creation in me and you are my worksmanship and I do not see you as a mess. I see you as mine. He's not going to agree with you when you tell him how jacked up you are. I'm just jacked up, Lord. I'm just messed up. Everyone, everyone's, my whole family's messed up. I'm just messed up. Oh, messed up. We're all messed up. Jesus, we're glad we're going to heaven, but we're messed up and we're barely going to get... I believe God has something better for you than barely keeping one nostril above water and just barely making it into heaven. You were created for good works. But here's the thing. If you don't see that, then what, what happens is you let God's word depart from your eyes. This is what it's talking about. It's taking God's word and begin to, to apply it and go, this is who I am. That God gave me right standing with him. That in God's kingdom, there aren't the haves and the have-nots. In God's kingdom, they're not the beautiful people and the rest of us. In God's kingdom, there's not a hierarchy of these people are special and I'm struggling to get by. When you made Jesus your Lord, you became his worksmanship. And everything that belongs to all of us belongs to you. The Bible says we're heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. If he did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? God's not withholding. But if you don't see yourself as worthy, you won't even ask. Does that make sense? Yes. And so the idea is when we're reading, we're not just, we're not just reading and going, well, isn't that nice and that's wonderful and that's a good, it's, it's not a historical book. This is a life-giving book. And this begins to change the image of who you, who you see you are. 
Some of you feel so rejected. And maybe you've experienced a bunch of rejection in your life. And that is not fun. They say rejection, experiencing rejection, that your, your body reacts to it in much the same way of being punched in the gut. It's, a, it's not a good thing. You say, well, Alan, I, you know, I, I don't know how. You, you don't realize what kind of rejection I've been through. You're right, I don't. But I do know that God's Word has the ability to begin to change that image in you. That that, that, that rejection, the Bible remember it said, don't let them depart from your eyes, keep them in the midst of your heart for their life to those that find them. Here's the beautiful thing. All of us have areas that have been touched and hurt and they're non-productive, and God's Word can bring life to those areas. Maybe you felt like, you know, I, I, can, I can never be successful. I can, I can never be anything. But beginning to see yourself as God sees you begins to change everything. Now, one of the things that uh, I, I just recently read, I'm amazed how the world will jump all over this. Um, I just recently read an article not a Christian publication. I like to kind of read what, what's out there <laughs> just so I can figure out what the enemy's up to. But uh, I read an article, and it was a guy who was just, he wrote this article, Training My Brain for Success. And he began to list things they did. He, he said to train his brain. You realize, that, you realize that when you die, you're going to leave your brain here you know, you're not taking your brain. The brain is an organ through which our body functions, but our mind is still going to be intact. Chew on that for just for a little bit. <laughs> because when we get to, say, are we going to recognize one another in heaven? Well, do you recognize one another now? We're not going to turn into fat baby angels. <laughs> so anyway, the world deals with brain, 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 brain. What they don't recognize is the spirit of man. And so he says, you know, one of the things he does, he said he uses visualization. Now, if you're an athlete, some of you understand exactly what that means. That you visualize like a putt or you visualize a shot before you shoot a free throw. You, you visualize it going in. They say if you get really well trained in that, that your body can react the same way to visualization that it does to the actual event. Because I'll tell you something. We don't even recognize how powerful our spirit and mind are working together. And so here's the beautiful thing is, people, they're visualizing, uh, and man, he was just writing about all the things he's visualizing, and he visualizes before he does a, 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 his, a pitch to a client, he visualizes that before he has to do a speech, he visualizes that. Well, if you can take a natural thing like that and visualize it, why can't we take God's Word and begin to see ourselves exactly like God says we are? Because we're, we're dealing with truth there that we see ourselves empowered by the Holy Spirit, that we see ourselves having the wisdom of God, that we see ourselves uh, the ability to handle situations that come up where the peace of God that passes all understanding can guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. See, what happens is the more you begin to get God's word, you begin to find out about it, begin to think about it, and then begin to see yourself. You're not letting it depart from your eyes. You won't see yourself as a failure. You'll start to see yourself as a blessed person. Because the Bible says that we are blessed in Him. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. It also says we're dead to sin. That always gets a big rousing, yay. <laughs> but so many people don't see themselves there. Does this make sense? Yes. 
So the idea is, is, is reading the Bible. We're not just reading the Bible to read it and go, okay, I'm done. We're reading the Bible to begin to think about it and go, this is who God says I am. And if this is who God says I am, then obviously a lot of times there's a conflict. Those of you who deal with addictions, and I'm talking online too, stop calling yourself addicted. I'm just an addictive personality. I'm just an addictive personality. That's my only beef with AA. I think it's got a great support system. I think it's got a great system of how they help people. I do not like the fact they stand up and say, I'm an alcoholic. I was an alcoholic. I've been set free. I'm not that anymore. Alan, are you against AA? No, absolutely not, because AA has kept a lot of people from jumping off the ledge, and I appreciate the fact they did that. But I'm saying is why don't we take what they know and join it with what we know, and if I'm a new creation in Christ, old things have passed away and all things have become new. I'm not an alcoholic anymore. Amen. Amen. I'm not addicted to drugs anymore. I talked about anger on Sunday. Where'd y'all go? You say, Alan, go back to the addicted and all that stuff. No, no, no. How about I'm not an angry person anymore? Because the peace of God is in me. I I feel like I I just kind of touched on this. I'm going to go into it next week. That's okay. But I I really feel like this this is something. here's Here's a great project this week. Lord, where can I begin to see myself like you see me? How can I begin to see myself like you see me? You see me as valuable. You see me as your special child. You see me as loved. You see me as strong. You see me as having unlimited potential. And really our destiny is to be conformed to the image of Christ. You see me as having the potential to look like Jesus. Isn't that good? They say, ooh, that's cool. Let me deal with the anger first, Alan. Well, hey, hey, we got to get there somewhere. <laughs> we got to start somewhere. But we have a destiny. And the idea is, now, here's, here's another thing. And I'll just, I'll, I'll close with this. Many people right now who are dealing with sickness, one of the challenges of dealing with sickness is you continue to see yourself sick. And when you begin to find out that Jesus is your healer, you can begin to see yourself and make plans to be well. I, uh, when I had to deal with my throat, they were going to send me, they were going to do, you know, I'm I'm the guy who doesn't look up and Google what I have. I'm just going to tell you why. No, let's listen to me just for a second. And here's why. I don't need to know 101 things that it could be. Because that gives me 101 imaginations I have to cast down. So I spent my time, I'm not going to spend my time on Google. Google would have had me dead a long time ago. I'm going to spend my time in God's word where it said himself took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses and by his stripes I'm healed. That's what I focused on. So, so here's, here's, the, here's the problem now. Internet's wonderful, but now someone has a problem and they look it up online and there's a million and one suggestions about what your problem is. Oh, you're bipolar, you're jacked up, you're messed up. You probably have been in your family for generations. You'll never be free. That's a lie because whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And so I'm going to focus on on what tells me I'm free, not what tells me I'm messed up. And so 
Just a, just a thought. I know some people, man, they can tell you so much about their disease. I got this and I got this and it does this and it does this. Take some of that time and put it into finding out about how God healed you and paid the price for that. And then you can begin to see yourself not as a sick person, but begin to see yourself as someone who is healed and strong. Someone who's going to live long. With long life, he satisfies me and shows me his salvation. Good enough? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you, Father, for your word that changes us. It transforms us. And I thank you, Lord, that you have words for, for every one of us. Areas, Father, that you want to touch in our lives and bring life to. And I thank you for that. So I ask you, Lord, that you would speak to us this week. That you would reveal to us who we are in you. And how we can begin to conform to that instead of what we used to be. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you came this evening and said, Alan, I'm, I, don't have, I don't think I have a relationship with the Lord or I don't know. Or maybe I had one and I've gotten away from him, but I want to come back. Man, we, 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 we want to pray with you. We're not going to have you stand up or come to the front. And if you're watching online, obviously we can't see you. But if that's you and you want to acknowledge that, would you slip up your hand just real quick and say, Alan, that's me. Would you pray for me? Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate that. Great. Great. Put your hands down. We're going to pray. Online, listen, if you're by yourself, pray this with us. If, if you're with others, pray it quietly. We're going to pray this prayer with you as a whole church family. And so pray this out loud. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Father, thank you for those who prayed that prayer. We rejoice with them as does heaven. And we thank you for those who came in and those who came home. Give you all the praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearcchurch.com. Have a great week.